This is Ubuntu Revival Podcast. Today, we will be starting a series called Meditations on Luke the Physician. Luke was a physician, but not just any physician, he was a Christian physician. Now, this was not a normal thing to see. But yet, there is also something else that is very striking about the character Luke. Luke devoted all his time, all his efforts, and just one man, Theophilus. He decided to write Luke, and then he wrote Acts for Theophilus. He had not planned to write it for anybody else, but yet, he devoted his time on it. We do not know how long it took him. It may have taken years, may have just taken months, we don't know. But he devoted his time on Theophilus. He decided that Theophilus was very important and that he had to pass on the legacy of the Word of God. And this is how the legacy of the Word of God has been brought to us today. He passed on the legacy. What he learned, he gave to Theophilus. Even though Theophilus was just one man, Luke didn't care. He still did it. What about us? Do we do that? Would we do that? Would we devote all our time and efforts on just one person so that they will know the word of God? Would we pass on the legacy to others? Or would we just keep it to ourselves? Deborah Shinnaby will now take us further on this subject. Thank you so much for taking the time again to join us on the Women in Revival broadcast. We are here again to start a new series tagged Meditations on the Life of Luke, the Physician. I had the opportunity to be going through the book of Luke and honestly it has been a serious, serious blessing to my life. And the couple of series that I'll be doing, about five or six series, I will be focusing on the first and the second chapter of the book of Luke. But today on this series, I just want us to quickly take a look as we glean together from the life of Luke, the physician. The life of this brother captured my attention so much. It was as though I've never seen it this way before. Even though I have read the book of Luke over and over and over again, But to be honest with you, I am seeing God engaging my heart in a new dimension. So throughout this three-day series, let us take a cue and learn from the life of Luke, the physician. Meditations on the life of Luke, the physician. Father, we just dedicate this series unto your hands. Please take preeminence, Lord. Speak that our hearts might receive of you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Remember, you can listen to our broadcast on our website, oakofrighteousness.co.uk or gravesharpchristianladies.co.uk, which is still the same website. You can download our app on Google Play, which is Women in Reviver. Search for Women in Reviver on Google Play. You can also listen to us on Podbean. Download Podbean on Google Play or App Store and search for Women in Reviver. You can also get us on Anchor, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Castbox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public. Just search if you have any of these platforms. Just search for Women in Reviver. 
and we pray that as you do so the lord himself will engage you if you have any need of counseling or feedback or question do feel free to contact us go on our website go on our contact us page and drop us a line or you can whatsapp or send us an email um give us a call on plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five and do feel free to join us on some of our online bible classes amen and also if you're a minister's wife or a women ministry leader do feel free to contact us if you need any of our resources for your ladies group anyone we can recommend for you do feel free to contact us amen so today we are starting this series meditations on the life of luke the physician i want to encourage you to grab your bible as we fellowship together throughout this series short but i am praying that the lord himself will engage your heart amen i'll be taking my readings from the book of luke chapter 1 verses 1 to 4 so throughout this series these are the four verses we'll be settling on if the lord permit us we may look at one or two other books of the bible but our major book will be this luke chapter 1 and we focus on verse 1 to verse 4 amen so today let us look at the topic the burden to pass on a legacy luke's burden to pass on a legacy so let us go to the book of luke chapter 1 and verses 1 to 4 and i'll be reading from the new american standard bible and it reads in as much as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word it seemed fitting for me as well having investigated everything carefully from the beginning to write it out for you in consecutive order most excellent theophilus verse 4 so that you may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught may the lord bless the reading of his word as we dig into it together amen the burden of luke the physician to pass on a legacy first i want us to look at who is luke or who was luke luke was a gentile he was a physician by profession and he was probably the, a second leg disciple he was the one who wrote this book of luke and the book of Acts. he accompanied brother paul on some of his journeys and i can tell that luke definitely had a personal walk with god this book of luke is luke the physician's personal letter written to theophilus we can see from the four verses that i read which is like an epilogue of this book we see luke saying the reason for which he was writing to theophilus luke felt that those things which they believed amongst themselves as disciples which was brought to them by others disciples he saw the need he felt the need to extend the same even to theophilus therefore the book of luke is the labor 
of a brother called Luke is labor to pass on the baton to another disciple. We can see from these four verses that some took responsibility to set forth what they believed corporately and they set it forth in order. It was set forth even as delivered unto them. It wasn't corrupted. It came through the eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. That means, like I said, Luke must have been a second tier disciple. In verse 3, Luke said, It seemed good to him also to do the same to Theophilus. After he himself had had a good understanding of all things from the very first, from the beginning. So he saw the need that having been impacted, he saw the need not to keep even that which has been impacted to him, to himself. He felt the need to pass it on to another disciple. And this kind of reminds me of the book of Second Timothy chapter 2. When brother Paul was writing even unto Timothy, particularly in the verse 2 of it, Paul was saying to Timothy that the things he has heard of him among many witnesses, the same Timothy should commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And this is the same thing we are now seeing brother Luke also doing unto brother Theophilus. He took it as a personal responsibility to communicate the truth that had been communicated to him, to Theophilus. Luke was a disciple himself. Luke received from the eyewitnesses. Luke had a perfect understanding. Luke wanted to do the same thing that was done to him to another disciple. There was a passion, there was a burden in his heart to pass on that which was committed unto him. Luke was willing to pour himself even unto Theophilus. He was willing to go extra mile in order to pass on the baton to Theophilus. He wasn't moved with number. He counted Theophilus worthy. He desired Theophilus to grow in the same knowledge that he also had. The burden in the heart of Luke to pass on even the legacy that he received to another. And I think this is a challenge for me personally as I seek to labor over lives, over my children, over sisters that the Lord has brought my way. I am seeing the need to be burdened to pass on to them even that which was committed unto my own life. That which has been a blessing to my own life. There is a need not to hold it. There is the need to pass it on. So Luke said in verse 1, In as much as many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished amongst us. Yes, some have labored, some have compiled it, some have been laboring and they are still laboring. And they compiled these things and they handed it down to us from the hands of those who were eyewitnesses. People like Brother Peter, people like Brother Mark, people, you know, people like Brother Peter, people like Brother John, compile this thing together and they pass it on to us. 
And then in verse 3, said, look, I see it as fitting also for me to do likewise. And I think this is the challenge that we have in the body of Christ. We have people keep receiving, who keep taking in, taking in, but we are not giving out. We have younger women growing in our churches without the input of somebody. We have younger women making wrong choices without an older woman, a mature Christian, inputting into their lives. For brother Luke, he said it seemed fitting for him as well, having investigated. He saw the need to also carefully pass down, write out that which was given to him to the most excellent Theophilus. As I close today's episode, my question to you is, who are you laboring over? Any younger woman, any immature Christian that you are taking up in responsibility to equip, to pass on to them the things that you have learned, the things that you have heard. You are going through this series of broadcasts with us. Who are you going to share it with? I tell you, women are seeking way out. Women are moving from platform to platforms. Women are going through one media platform to another, seeking for solution, seeking for answers, seeking for how to parent their girl children, seeking for how to parent their sons, seeking for how to manage their homes, seeking for the way out for their marriages. What has the Lord taught you? How many years have you been in the Lord? Who are you impacting? Who are you intending to pass the baton to? Who are you equipping? Who are you laboring over? There are young women who are young wives who need the input of an older disciple. There are young wives who are pregnant who need the guardian of an older woman to put them through. There are younger women who are raising their children who need the direction of an older woman to put them through. Luke took it as his personal responsibility to pass on to Theophilus that which was compiled together, that which he himself diligently sought out and he felt the need to pass it on to Theophilus. It is my prayer for you to begin to think of passing on the biblical legacy that has been passed on to you. Is there a message that has affected your heart? Has the Lord helped you in child upbringing? Has the Lord helped you in your parenting? Is there a book that has affected you, that has blessed you? Is there a meeting that has blessed you? Is there a conference that you partook of? Have you ever thought of passing on the same to another woman? Who are you passing the baton to? Or are you keeping the baton just to yourself, just in your wardrobe? And I am praying that may you be a woman who will see the need to deliberately engage the next generation, the younger women, even in the body of Christ, as you pass on the biblical truth that has come to you. Amen.
This is Women in Revival podcast. Yesterday we started a series called Our Nearest Kinsmen. Our topic for today is the road to reconnecting back to God's covenant. Today we will see that there is a road to reconnecting back to God's covenant. Naomi had now lost everything, her husband, her two sons, and now she was returning with her daughter-in-law Ruth to that covenanted place. Sisters, maybe you have turned away from God. Maybe you have given up. God is calling you back. Go back. Go to that road. If Naomi did not take that road back to God's covenant, then we would never hear the great things that happened to her and Ruth. Sisters, maybe for God won't take you back. God is always happy to take back people he loves. He loves each and every one of us. He wants to welcome all those who have strayed away from the covenant back into his covenant. Sisters, come back. Receive him. Do not stay away. Deborah Shalabi, now take us further on this subject. Thank you, Father God, for your covenant with us. Thank you for your faithfulness that keep causing you to keep coming back to us again and again. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Even for this new series, we bless you. Speak unto each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to welcome you all to Women in Revival broadcast. It is my prayer that the Lord will engage your heart even as you journey with the Lord in this new year. May you reactivate even your covenant work with God. I'm not sure where you are with him. For you to be listening to be this broadcast, maybe you are already a Christian or maybe you just go to church or maybe you are actually a non-believer. Wherever you are, whatever stage you are in your journey on earth, it is my prayer that you will strike a covenant walk with God throughout 2019. On this series, Our Nearest Kinsman, last time as we looked at God's covenanted people, what contrary to the covenant, we saw Elmelech and his household who worked against God's commandments because of a lack, because of a famine. They sojourned to the land of Moab. They left the house of bread to a land of idolatry. And we saw the consequence of walking contrary to God's covenant. When a woman chooses to walk against God's covenant, she makes herself defenseless. She makes herself vulnerable in the hands of the enemy. She makes God to stay aloof from her life. So it is a dangerous thing to walk against God's covenant. So I want us to go on today, even as I encourage you to call your loved ones to join us on this broadcast rather than keep making an annual resolution i am praying that the lord will do a deep work in your life where you enter into a permanent work with god so 
I want to encourage you can go on our website to listen to our broadcast, this particular series or any other series. Visit www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk and you can listen to our broadcast on our app, Women in Revival app, which you can download on Google Play. You can also listen to us on Podbean, search for Women in Revival. If you want to connect with us, do feel free to contact us on plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five, or email us. Go on our website. Go on our contact us page. You will find our email there. Info at oakofrighteousness.co.uk. So today, let us see what the Lord wants to share with us, even as we continue this series, Our Nearest Kinsman. Remember, we are looking at this book of fruits as we consider the fall of man and even the redemption of mankind. So let us go today and consider the road to connecting back with God's covenant. We saw Elmelech and his household have forfeited God's covenant. They had walked contrary to the term of the covenant. Yet, has God given up hope on man? No. Just as we saw also that Adam and Eve walked against God's commandment in Genesis chapter 2 verses 16 to 17, that they should not eat of the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For the day they eat of it, they will surely die. And unfortunately, they ate of it. So, is there any hope of reconnecting back to this covenant-keeping God? You know, for Adam and Eve, having worked contrary to the term of the covenant, God had to send them out of the Garden of Eden and put cherubims with flaming sword even at the entrance. And do you know it took Christ to fall under the sword for humanity to come back to God again. So let us go today and read the book of Ruth. I would have loved to read the whole of Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 to 22. But permit me to just pick a few things that I need from it. So Ruth 1 verse 6 says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law, that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. So here is Naomi now, widowed. Her two daughters-in-law, both Upper and Ruth, were also widowed. So at this point, we are told she decided to return back to Bethlehem, Judah. Verse 7 now. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return ye to her mother's house. The Lord did kindly with you, as he have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband, then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. Now, I will leave there and jump very quickly to verse 22. 
So Naomi returned and ruled the Moabites, her daughter-in-law with her, which returned out of the country of Moab. And they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of barley harvest. May the Lord bless his word as we consider the same together even on this episode. So we are looking at the road to connecting back with God's covenant. Elmelech household had at this time left Bethlehem Judah. They had journeyed to Moab where there was probably food to eat. Remember at this time there was famine in Bethlehem Judah. There was a scarcity of bread in the house of bread. For the word Bethlehem means house of bread. So because the house of bread lacked bread, Elmelech packaged his household and they migrated to Moab. So while they are in Moab, because Elmelech has removed the ancient landmark, Elmelech has crossed the boundary. Elmelech has removed the yardstick of God's covenanted relationship with him and his household. He faced the consequence of his action. He died in Moab. Not that God killed him, but he himself became vulnerable because he has taken himself out of God's protection. He took himself from Bethlehem, Judah. He made himself vulnerable in the hands of the enemy. So at this junction, it was only Naomi now, just as we see in that verse 6. It was only Naomi and the two daughters-in-law that were left. Their two sons were dead already. Naomi, at this stage, the Bible says in verse 6, that she heard that God visited his people with food. So Naomi decided to return back to Bethlehem, Judah. The road to connecting back with God's covenant or with the God of covenant. First, what do we see? The first thing that I am seeing from this route that we read is that the road to connecting back with God's covenant and with the God of covenant needs that one hears. In that Ruth chapter 1 verse 6, the Bible says, Naomi arose, then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. The second part says, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. So Naomi heard, she heard, I am saying that the road to connecting back to the God of covenant and his covenant needs a woman to hear. The book of Romans chapter 10 verse 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing God's word. So Naomi heard that God had visited his people. There is the need to hear in order to believe. Romans 10 14 says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So Naomi heard that God had visited his people 
with bread. For without hearing, no believing. Not to talk of turning back to the right path. So Naomi heard that the people of Israel were visited with bread. Therefore, she decided to return. Hearing leads to desiring to return. So could it be that God has arranged even you listening to this series as a means for you to hear him in this new year? For when Naomi heard, she returned back. She made a decision to return. And another thing that I am also seeing in the road to connect back to God's covenant and this God of covenant is the need to arise. The Bible says in that same Ruth chapter 1 verse 6 that Naomi arose from Moab. The road to connect back with God's covenant not only needs you to hear my beloved, but it needs you to arise also. It is not enough to hear this broadcast. It is not enough to go through this series. You need to arise. Maybe for you, it may be to arise to a Bible class. It may be to arise to call us. It may be to arise for follow-up. Naomi arose with her two daughters-in-law with her. And I am seeing that the road to reconnecting back to God's covenant needs one single person resolving to go back to the Lord. And who knows others that might follow? Maybe you are going through challenge in your marriage. Maybe your husband is more or less a trouble to you. God says, your husband is not a trouble. It takes just one of you to make up your mind to reconnect back to God again. Then the rest will be history. So the moment Naomi made up her mind to go back to Bethlehem, Judah, what do we see? Ruth and Opa desired also to go with her back to God's covenanted land, Bethlehem, Judah. Is that not amazing? And I think another thing that I'm also seeing between verse 8 and verse 15 is the fact that you need to know that the road to making things right with God, the road to reconnecting back to God and His covenant does not come cheap. It might involve discouragement for in that root chapter 1, between verse 8 and verse 15, Naomi saying to her daughters-in-law to turn back, go back. Do I have a son to give you as husband? Don't you see? Don't you see? You know, all sorts of things. So you need to know the road to reconnect back to God does not come cheap. It actually costs God his only begotten son. So Naomi was discouraging Ruth and Opa who were once idolaters from following her into the covenant land. And from that what happened in verse 14, the Bible says, And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and upper kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. So on the road to reconnecting or connecting to the God of covenant, what happened? Upper turned back, to continue in our own old covenant with the land of Moab. And all this land represents. Upper chose to turn back to her old way of life. But Ruth decided to press on 
into the new covenant in Judah. Naomi had resolved to go back into the covenant of grace that she once had with God. So she and Ruth made it down to Bethlehem, Judah, as we saw in that Ruth chapter 1 verse 22. Just at harvest time, they got there at the barley harvest. And I think for me, I am saying that the journey into God, the journey into reconnecting back to this God of covenant may be characterized under different groups of people. One that knew God before and disobeyed God, just as we saw in the case of Elmelech and Naomi. And one that never knew him, just as we saw in that of Upper and Ruth. And one that never knew him, but willing to press on to know him. And I don't know which category you fit into. Maybe you once know God, and now you've backslided. God says, reconnect back. And maybe you actually do not believe that there is a God. God says, you connect with me then you will discover that there is a God. And I am seeing Ruth, who was one who never knew God. She was an idolater, but she was willing to accept the invitation into the redemptive work of God. Unfortunately, Opa decided she made the choice to go back to her old life, the life she had known. And I am praying that as you go through this series with us, you will not make the decision to remain in your state, to remain in your situation. And again, I am saying that man sinned, but that ought not to be the end. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, that was not the end for humanity. Man should have repented, isn't it? Adam should have repented and returned back to God. But that was not seen throughout the book of Genesis. The first man did not repent. But for Naomi, she sinned. She left the house of bread to the land of idolatry. She lived with the scar of her sin. But even still, she decided to reconnect back to the God of covenant. And in her decision to return back, came Ruth with her also. Ruth pressed on to know God in a newer measure. And I will close today's broadcast as I read from Osea chapter 6, verse 1 to 3. I don't know where you are in your life journey. Maybe for you, you feel like, well, there is no God where I am carrying the scar of my past. Maybe for you, you had an extramarital affair which has left you with a child outside your marriage, God says, there is hope. There is hope. Job 33 verse 25 says, If there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand, to shew unto man his uprightness. 24 says, Then he is gracious unto him, and saith, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. God gave a redeemer who came to redeem you despite what your past was. It doesn't matter what you may have done in time gone by. It doesn't matter what your life was in 2018. What matters is what your nearest kinsman has done on your behalf, which he wants to bring you 
into. Hosea chapter 6 verse 1 to 3 says, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath done and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us, and in the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then we shall know. If we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. And it shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto us. To be honest with you, this was what became of Naomi, who chose to be found by God as she reconnected herself back to the source of life. As she arose to go back to Bethlehem, Judah, the house of bread, that began for Naomi a healing process. It began for Naomi a reviver, a personal reviver. It began for Naomi, a going forth that is prepared as the morning. It began for Naomi, even the coming of rain, both the latter and the former rain. And I am praying that you will reconnect back to the God of the creation, to the God who made you. Amen. This is Women in Revival Podcast. Two days ago, we started a series called Our Nearest Kinsman. Our topic for today is Living Life Within the Covenant of Grace Community. Today, we will see how Naomi and Ruth came back to the Covenant of Grace Community and how they were welcomed back into this community. And we see here how different this Covenant community is from the community of Moab. We see here how people live in respect of God's laws. Sisters, maybe you are not part of a covenant of grace community. A covenant of grace community is a church. Maybe you are not part of a local church. Maybe you don't go to church because you feel like the church has wronged you. No matter what, God wants us to be part of these communities of churches so we can benefit others and others can benefit us so everyone can grow together just as in the bible it says iron sharpens iron i pray that god will use this message to touch each and every one of your hearts deborah shinobi will now take us further on this subject Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, our Redeemer, our family Redeemer, the one who paid the price for our reconnection. Even as we come to today's episode, we pray that you will unveil your very self to us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want to welcome you again to this series, Our Nearest Kinsman. I trust the Lord has been speaking to your heart and It is my prayer once again that the year 2019 shall be for you a year of walking closer and deeper with God. 
Maybe you are veer off your relationship with God. I am praying that you will reconnect back to him. Last time we saw the road to reconnect back to the covenant and to the God of the covenant. We saw how Naomi heard and as she heard, she returned. And this opportunity that you are getting to hear this broadcast, don't take it for granted. It may look silly, but could it be God's way of sending news to you? I don't know the type of life you have been living. Maybe you have immersed yourself in addiction now. Maybe you are depressed. Maybe for you, life seems unreasonable. God says, I am bringing this broadcast on your way that you might reconnect back to me, the covenant keeping God. Do feel free to share our broadcast with your loved ones. Visit our website www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk Feel free to contact us on our contact us page on our website or email us on info at oakofrighteousness.co.uk You can also give us a call, WhatsApp us, text us wherever you are around the world. Contact us on plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five. So today on this series, our nearest kinsman, as we are considering even the fall of man and the redemption of man, we want to go today and look at living life within the covenant of grace community. Remember, we saw in chapter one how Ruth followed Naomi back to Bethlehem, Judah. Ruth was a Moabitess. She was an idolater. Now she's found herself in a land that she's never been to before. It is a land that has its own custom, its own tradition. There is a way of life. And the same thing now God wants to begin to share with us. When God made man in the beginning, there was a custom, there was a way of life they were meant to live. They were meant to be fruitful. They were meant to have dominion in the garden of reading. They were meant to replenish. Adam and Eve were meant to fellowship with God and fellowship with one another. But unfortunately, Eve went and fellowship with the enemy of God. So let us go to the book of Ruth chapter 2 and let's see what the Lord will share with us as we consider living life within the covenant of grace community. The call into Christianity, the call into Christ is a call into a covenant of grace community. It is a community that is covenanted by grace, not by works. So let us go to Ruth chapter 2 and let us read. Again, I won't read everything. I will take a few verses and we go on and see how the Lord helps us. Ruth chapter 2. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. So here is Ruth now in Bethlehem, Judah, with her mother-in-law. So she said, Look, 
Let me go to the field and glean. Then Naomi said to her, Okay, great, you can go. And then in verse 3, the Bible says she went and came and gleaned in the field after, that is, in like manner, after the reapers, she followed the reapers and her harp was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elmelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, the Lord be with you. And they answered, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto a servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? And the servant that was set over the reapers answered and said, It is the Moabitish damsel that came back with Naomi out of the country of Moab. Now I will jump from there to verse 8. Then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field. Neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Verse 9. Let thine eyes be on the field that they do reap, and go thou after them. Wow. I will stop there. I'm not going to read the rest. And if you now run quickly from that verse 9 to the last verse in chapter 2. Verse 23. So she kept fast by the maidens of Boaz to glean unto the end of barley harvest and of wheat harvest and dwelt with her mother-in-law. So here now, as we consider living within the covenant of grace community, we remember that Ruth and Naomi left Moab and they arrived in Bethlehem, Judah. And they came to Bethlehem, Judah at the beginning of harvest. It was a whole new life. And at the very beginning of this chapter, we know we were introduced to the kinsman. Ruth chapter 2 introduced us to Boaz, who was a mighty man of wealth. Had Ruth and Naomi not returned to Bethlehem, how could they have come to know of this great man called Boaz? And this is the picture of many, many who are living outside Jesus Christ, who refuse to leave their comfort zone or those who are not willing to leave what they know to come and journey into Christ to discover him, who is our family kinsman. He is richer and actually mightier than Boaz. So even though here in this series, our study is not about Ruth, but our nearest kinsman. But I think it is worthy of note for us to see the way life is lived within the covenant of grace community. We saw that there is a pattern of life for those within this grace community. It is not an ordinary community, but lives living and doing life together in daily activities. So let us see how was life lived within this community as exemplified for us from Ruth chapter 2. First, we saw in verse 2 that Ruth asked her mother-in-law if she could go and glean. And in verse 3, we saw Ruth gleaning from the field of Boaz. She was gleaning after the reapers. Ruth, who left her past in Moab, 
did so as she left her land of nativity and all it represented and came to a people that she knew not. Verse 11 tells us that, and you know it was a step of faith for Ruth. And we see how the life was lived out. How Ruth began to live the life of the new covenant. The covenant of grace community operates under faith. The people that are under the covenant of grace community recognizes that there is a blood that binds them beyond their earthly ties. So the one that just came from another land found it easy to subject herself to the reaper. She was willing to follow after the reaper. And this is how it ought to be in the kingdom. Following after the reaper. Those who have walked away in this covenant relationship with God. Following them. Following their mannerism. Following their way of life. So we see that life with the covenanted people of God is lived as spoken in Ruth chapter 2 verse 12. It says, The Lord recompense your work and a food reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel who under whose wings thou art come to trust. So life is lived in the covenant of grace community under trust. You trust God. You trust God day by day. Each and every member of the grace community will know they came to take refuge under the God of Israel. Not under man. There will be pastors. There will be teachers. There will be people helping you to grow in the faith. Yet, it is under the God of Israel. And it is a living by faith. It is a living by trusting the God of Israel. Again, life under this covenanted community of grace is lived together. Ruth was with the reapers. When Boaz came and got to know about Ruth, he welcomed her. She was accepted in the beloved. What her background was, was not counted upon. What her past was, was not counted upon. She was received. She was acknowledged in the beloved. Ruth went into Boaz's field to glean, though she wasn't Israelite by birth, but she has been accepted in the beloved. She knew she can approach the field to glean both for herself and for her mother-in-law. Is that not amazing? And what God has provided for every believer in Christ surpasses what we are seeing in Ruth. The story of Ruth only foreshadows what life is in the community of grace. Life in the community of grace is lived with like-minded people. You can't go back to the old friends, the friends you used to party and drink and swear and, you know, do all sorts of vices. They can no longer be your closest friend anymore. Naomi told Ruth to go out only with the maidens of Boaz, isn't it? When Ruth returned back home and brought the report to Naomi, what did Naomi said in verse 22? She said, 
it is good my daughter that thou go out with his maidens that they meet thee not in any other field this is how life works under the grace community it is a life under covenant so it is a life lived together she told Ruth not to go out with any other maidens other than Boaz's maidens and how true this ought to be for each and everyone that has named themselves after the name of the Lord those we flock with must change like must be got like bad company the bible says corrupt good manner friends that used to invite you for partying for shopping for drinking you know for living life that is not godly has to be put behind now there is a need for you having reconnected yourself back to the god of covenant and to the covenant of grace community there is the need to flock with those within this community this community is also a community where each defer to one another Boaz deferred to Ruth telling Ruth to feel free to glean and eat and Ruth in turn also acknowledged the favor that Boaz did for her in return and I am saying that God's covenanted people are to operate under God's code of conduct our fellowship must be with God the Father Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit and with other brethren Boaz said to Ruth in that verse 8 that Ruth should not go and glean from another field but instead she should abide by the maidens of Boaz the honest truth is my listener if you are going to enter deeply into this covenant if you are going to experience deeply the beauty the joy of this our nearest kinsman you have to walk within god's code of conduct you have to relate with people within the community you have to relate with like-minded people you have to fellowship where the word is taught you have to hang out with fellow christians and you know christ always called those that will follow him out of the world and he keeps them within his food as they graze and glean amongst one another that was god's pattern and that is still god's pattern where are you gleaning from have you reconnected back to the covenant keeping god have you been restored back to fellowship what type of friends are you keeping are you keeping friends that are helping you to grow in the faith or are you still doing one leg in one leg out it is my prayer that you will learn to live life according to god's code of conduct for his covenant of grace community amen
This is Women Revival Podcast. Three days ago, we started a series called Our Nearest Kinsman. Our topic for today is Discovering the Nearest Kinsman in the Covenanted Community. Today, we will see how Naomi and Ruth discovered this nearest kinsman. His name was Boaz. Boaz helped Naomi and Ruth. Ruth came to glean in his field and he told his reapers that they should leave the sheaves of wheat for Ruth to pick up so she can bring them home to Naomi so she may eat. Sisters, Jesus is the nearest kinsman and he is reaching out to you. I pray that you too will discover the nearest kinsman just as Ruth did. I pray that you will discover him deeper and deeper. Maybe if you already know him, I pray that you will know him more and more. Deborah Shnabi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you, our covenant-keeping God. Thank you for the covenant of your only begotten Son that you gave up for us to be our nearest kinsman. Thank you for your code of conduct, for this community of grace that you've brought us into. Thank you for all my listeners as you help them to live within your code of operation. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you once again for still joining us on this broadcast, Our Nearest Kinsman. I am praying that the Lord himself will open up your heart to what he wants to share with you. Take time to go through the book of Ruth on your own. And remember, if you have missed any episode, you can go back to listen on our website, oakofrighteousness.co.uk. And you can contact us via our website or call us on plus four four seven nine four four three nine eight four one five. Feel free to share our broadcast if you want to use it for your group study or whatsoever and you need help, do contact us. Now, we want to move on in this series as we look at discovering the near kinsman in the covenanted community. Let us see how the near kinsman was discovered in the covenanted community. Discovering the near kinsman in the covenanted community. So let us read Ruth chapter 3 verses 1 to 10 and it says, Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said unto her, My daughter, shall I not seek rest for thee, that it may be well with thee? And now it's not Boaz of our kindred, with whose maiden thou wast. Behold, he winnoweth barley tonight in the threshing floor. Wash thyself therefore, and anoint thee, and pull thy raiment upon thee, and get thee down to the floor. But make not thyself known unto the man, until he shall have done eating and drinking. Now I will jump from there. Permit me to move on from there. Now to verse 8. And it came to pass at midnight that the man was afraid and turned himself, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. Nine, and he said, Who art thou? And she answered, I am Ruth, thine handmaid. 
spread therefore thy skirt over thine army, for thou art a near kinsman. And he said, Blessed be thou of the Lord my daughter, for thou art shewed more kindness in the latter end than at the beginning, inasmuch as thou followest not young men, whether poor or rich. Now I will read verse 12. And now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. Albeit there is a kinsman nearer than I. Amen. I hope you will take the time to go through this book of Ruth chapter 3. Actually the whole book together. And also if you go on our website, we've done a series in the past on the book of Ruth. There is one journey to the unknown facing a task unfinished and Naomi go not down. All these three series were all from the book of fruit. So I want to encourage you to go back and listen to these three series and I pray it is a blessing to you. So let us look at what we have read in view of discovering the near kinsman in the covenanted community. In this chapter three of fruit that we read, we saw Naomi saying to Ruth that she needs to seek rest for Ruth. And you know how many in the church today are still restless. Some of you are listeners. You have dire need. You have serious issues facing your life. You have serious decisions that has made you to be restless. And sometimes this could be because none has taken time to seek rest for you. And this rest is Jesus. In Jesus is rest. In Matthew 11, 28, Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest. Then it goes on in verse 29, that take my yoke upon you. And at the latter, he said, you will find rest for your soul. Jesus asked us to come unto him, and he will give rest. But unfortunately, many have been in church but haven't found rest because they have not been introduced to rest himself, which is the Lord Jesus. So there is the need in the church for the matured believers to put the new believers through. They ought to be connected to the family kinsman. Unfortunately, not many in church have discovered him also. So many are still struggling. Many are still seeking identity outside Jesus. And it is my prayer that may we begin to arise to point one another to he who is our family kinsman. And why do we need to introduce women in our churches to the family kinsman? Women, we are very, very vulnerable. We are like sheep without a shepherd. We roam about. Many women are physically, emotionally, and sexually harassed. Some are facing tough time in their marriages. For some, it is with their children. For some, it is their health. And the weight of what life offers women has weighed many, many women down. And such women are now scattered abroad seeking here and there and in the midst of their seeking you know they've become victims over and over again 
they have been abused over and over again and are locked up in various life difficulties and addictions. And you know, this is the reason why we have the responsibility to introduce women to our family kinsmen. The goal of Bible study, the goal of Sunday services is to connect man with God. We live in a generation that everybody, so to say, seems to be swimming downstream. But it is as we connect women back to the family kinsman, will women be able to swim upstream, to swim against the tide, to swim against the culture. When a woman is not only brought to church or meetings, just as we see Ruth brought to Bethlehem Judah, but also connected to our family kinsman or our family redeemer, she will receive hope. You see, Naomi brought Ruth to Bethlehem Judah, isn't it? But it did not end there for Naomi and Ruth. Naomi took a step further to seek rest for Ruth. So she said, there is a family kinsman. So when we begin to introduce women, not just to game time, not just to pamper night, not just to, you know, I don't know the many things that goes on in our churches. But when we begin to let every activities connect women in the church to the family kinsman, women will begin to receive hope. Women will begin to find their self-worth in Christ. Women will be revived, refreshed, regenerated again. Women will be alive again. Life will begin to find meaning again for the many, many roots in the church. For, for Ruth, she begins to see hope out of her hopelessness. And she began to look to the future with expectation of what her family redeemer will do for her. Is this not amazing? As many who have decided to connect back to God or to reconnect with God, what happens? We have a need to connect them to the family kinsman. I am saying that it is not enough to lead someone to the Lord. It is not enough for somebody to say, Wow, I accepted the Lord Jesus today. Oh, I gave my life to Jesus. Oh, Jesus is now mine. My heart is for Jesus. It's good to call crusades, to call women conferences. But much more now, there is the dire need to refer women, to point women to the family kingsman. Bible study for women must point them to the family kinsman. And what is the role of the nearest kinsman? What is the role of this family redeemer? He redeems back the widow and raises children through her, through the woman, so that there can be a continuity of the name of the dead. The family kinsman spreads his skirt over the woman as a protection, just as we saw in Ruth chapter 3 verse 9. The family kinsman will assume the role of authority, of leadership over the woman. The family kinsman assume the role of providing, of protecting, 
of undertaking for the woman. This is why we need to connect women back to our family kinsman. And that is the Lord Jesus. I am praying that the Lord will help you to identify, to recognize Christ Jesus, your family kinsman. For since the fall of man in the Garden of Eden, many women have sought help from prophets, they've sought help from gurus, but not many have discovered the family kinsman. Many have discovered saints, but not many have discovered he who left his throne above and came to planet earth to redeem them back to connect them back to give them life worth to give them purpose for living not many have discovered him and i am praying that throughout this series you will discover him again you will connect back with your family kingsman amen This is Woman in Revival podcast. Four days ago, we started a series called Our Nearest Kinsman. Our topic for today is The Nearer Kinsman, ours by nature. Today, we will see that Ruth approached Boaz to ask him to redeem the land of Elimelech. Ruth discovered that there is a nearer kinsman than Boaz. Sisters, do you know that before Jesus went to the cross, we had a nearer kinsman than him, the old man. This human nature that is found in every single person who is born and until they give their lives to Jesus to ask him to take away this burden until they are freed from this nearer kinsman is only when they are filled with the nature of Jesus Christ sisters this old man this human nature is ours by nature the nearer kinsman was nearer to Ruth than Boaz and she could not do anything about it yet she did not worry she put it in Boaz's hands because she knew he could accomplish what she could not accomplish maybe you are plagued by the old man maybe you are wondering how will I get rid of this human nature that I have well Go to Jesus and he will free you of the burden of the human nature. Only he and only he alone can free you. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you once again, our family redeemer our nearest kinsman thou that left thy throne above and came as a lamb as a baby born in a manger to come and rescue us from sin from what adam and eve led us into in the garden of eden thank you jesus 
the fall of man was not the end of man. Thank you, our nearest kinsman. Amen. I want to welcome you again to this broadcast and it is my prayer that this series will do for you what God intended it to do. I think this is what we also listen to at the beginning of a new year. And it is my prayer that you will discover Christ, our family redeemer, our nearest kinsman. It is a lovely thing to discover him. And I pray that you will indeed discover he who is our nearest kinsman. Last time we saw how Ruth discovered him, he who was her nearest kinsman. Everything that we are seeing in the book of Ruth is a foreshadow of what Christ will come and do for humanity, which he came to do for us. And like I said, if you go back to our website, we ran a few series in the past based on the book of Ruth, Journey to the Unknown, Naomi Go Not Down, and Facing a Task Unfinished all came from the book of Ruth. You can go there to listen. Our website is www.oakofrighteousness.co.uk And do feel free to contact us on plus 447944398415. Do you want to hang out with us? Do you want to join any of our Bible classes? Do contact us. Even if you are the only one, there will be an opportunity for you to be taken up so that you can be pointed to the family redeemer. Amen. So today we want to move on even on this series, Our Nearest Kingsman. Remember, you can download our app, Women in Revival app on Google Play. Go on your Google Play and search for Women in Revival. There you get our broadcast and many of our free resources. So today, let us consider the nearer kinsman, ours by nature. Remember, we are looking at this book of Ruth in considering the fall of man and the redemption of man. So we saw how Elimelech and his household left the land of covenant into an accursed land. And we also mentioned how Adam and Eve left God's covenant and went into fellowship with the enemy of God in the person of a serpent and how became the downfall of Adam and Eve and all their seeds to come. We now want to begin to see what God did for you, what God did for me. But today, suffice it for us to look at the nearer kinsman, ours by nature. Remember, we are looking at our nearer kinsman. This kinsman is nearer to us. It was ours by nature. So let us go again to Ruth chapter 3, verse 11 to 13, and chapter 4, verse 1 to 6. I read, again, I'm reading from the King James Version. And now, my daughter, fear not. I will do to thee all that thou requirest. For all the city of my people doth know that thou art a virtuous woman. 
and now it is true that I am thy near kinsman. How be it? There is a kinsman nearer than I. 13. Tarry this night, and it shall be in the morning, that if he will perform unto thee the part of a kinsman, well, let him do the kinsman's part. But if he will not do the part of a kinsman to thee, then will I do the part of a kinsman to thee. As the Lord liveth, lie down until the evening. Chapter 4 verse 1 to 6 says, Then went Boaz up to the gate and sat him down there, and behold, the kinsman of whom Boaz spake came back. Unto him he said, Ho, such a one, turn aside, sit down here. And he turned aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, Sit ye down here. And they sat down. And he said unto the kinsman, Naomi, that is come again out of the country of Moab, selleth a parcel of land, which was our brother Elimelech's. And I thought to advertise thee, saying, Buy it before the inhabitants and before the elders of my people. If thou wilt redeem it, redeem it. But if thou wilt not redeem it, then tell me, that I may know, for there is none to redeem it beside it. And I am after thee. And he said, I will redeem it. Then said Boaz, What day thou buyest the field of the hand of Naomi, thou must buy it also of Ruth, the Moabites, the wife of the dead, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance. And the kinsman said, I cannot redeem it for myself, lest I mar mine own inheritance. Redeem thou my right to thyself, for I cannot redeem it. This is the word of the Lord once again. So let us go and see what the Lord wants to share with us. So we have come to this point of considering the nearer kinsman, which is ours by nature. You see, in the scripture that I read in chapter 4, verse 4, Boaz said to the nearer kinsman, he said, look, there is none to redeem it beside you, and I am after you. The human nature is what we were born with. We were not born as spiritual beings. So here we are seeing the Ruth having approached Boaz for a redemption. Boaz told her there is a nearer kinsman. And this nearer kinsman must be consulted first before Boaz can take step. And then in chapter 4, Boaz consulted this nearer family kinsman at the gate. And between verse 3 and verse 4, we see Boaz negotiating with the nearer kinsman. This family redeemer said, he will redeem the land. And you know, the moment Boaz told him in verse 5 that the redemption includes Ruth, what happened? He refused to redeem Ruth. He said, no, no, no. So what are we seeing? The nearer kinsman, which is ours by nature. What some of us, we call it the human nature, the natural life, the iniquity life, the lower nature, the sinful life. 
is ours through birth. This life uses us for its own gain. This life does not help anyone. You look at the accident that took place in the Garden of Eden. Immediately after the fall, what do we begin to see? Adam and Eve blaming one another. Immediately we saw marital disharmony. We saw husband and wife blaming one another. Immediately the next chapter or so, we saw sibling rivalry. This nature, the human nature, is not for our good. And what a picture of our nearer kinsman, the natural life. The life of Adam was ours by inheritance. Since the fall in the Garden of Eden, we became enslaved to the same nature. Every man born of father and mother were born with this natural life, with this human nature. This life of Adam cannot and will not redeem us from its habit, nor from its lifestyle. It is a life of iniquity. This was the life that was found in Lucifer. And this life cannot be redeemed by Lucifer himself. The devil will rather prefer that you remain his slave. The devil will not let go. He's hold on you. He will rather prefer you continue, you know, be enslaved to wine. He will rather prefer you continue in your addiction. He will rather prefer you nag and moan and quarrel with your husband day by day. The nearer kinsman refused to redeem Ruth. He was willing to buy the land, to make use of the land, but not to redeem Ruth. And you know many of you have been used even by men. You have been used and dumped. Some of you, you are under severe addiction. Yet, your misery is yet not gone. That is the nature of this natural life. It is a terrible life. And you know, some of us have been in the flesh for decades. To some of us, the life in the flesh is over three decades, over four decades, two decades. You are in your 20s, your 30s, and you have lived life in the flesh since birth. Because this life is ours by birth. We have served sin for years. Our members were yielded to serve sin. Just like Paul cried in Romans chapter 7, verses 16 to 20, which says, If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then, it is no more either do it, but sin that dwelleth in me, the sin nature. Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Why? In the human nature will not allow. Verse 19. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Verse 20. Now, if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, 
but sin that dwelleth in me. It is the natural life within that controls me. That's what Brother Paul is saying here. So the natural life is what has troubled many of us who claimed to be part of the covenant of grace community. Many are in church, but still struggling, still enslaved to addiction, even against their desire. Some have given up. Some are like, look, I will forever be in this addiction. It's as if every effort to stop smoking, to stop being drinking, every effort to stop eating and eating, every effort to come out of eating this other is effortless. It seems futile. And do you know why? It is because your nearer kinsman, the flesh, the sinful nature was yours by birth. We were enslaved to the life in the flesh and by no means would we be free nor do the producer of sin wants us free. He wants us bound to sin forever. He would rather choose to use our lands just like the family Nyara Kinsman. He was willing to use the land but not redeem root. So the human nature is willing to use our life to buy our life for his own gain. And just as Paul cried in that Romans chapter 7, who will deliver us? Who will rescue us from the hand of this nearer kinsman who only wants our land, who only wants to mess up our lives, who only wants to make our lives a disgrace? And that is where we will now begin to see our nearest kinsman. The nearer kinsman we prefer that we keep going back into bondage, that we keep going back into slavery, into idolatry. Our nearer kinsman will prefer that we come to church but continue in sin. And when we come next time, we will come and see what our nearest kinsman did for us. How our Lord Jesus became our nearest kinsman. I am praying that whatsoever has become a stronghold in your life, be it addiction, be it a particular lifestyle, I am praying that as you discover Christ Jesus as the one who redeemed you, that sin will have no more grip upon your life. Maybe for you, you have suffered addiction for years. You have been through rehabilitation. Nothing has help. You need to discover your nearest kinsman. He who is more than willing to set you free. He who is not willing to use you and dump you. But he who is willing to set you free from your addiction. To deliver you from your lifestyle. And bring you into the kingdom of his marvelous light. Amen.
This is Women in Revival podcast. One week ago, we started a series called Our Nearest Kinsman. Our topic for today is Our Nearest Kinsman, the Redeemer. Today, we will see Boaz redeemed Ruth. He redeemed her so that she was no longer under the power of the Nera kinsman. He took her for his own. Sisters, Jesus Christ on that cross 2,000 and something years ago redeemed us. How can we not but thank him? Sisters, the only way in which we can thank him most is by accepting his gift. His gift of salvation. He went to that cross to die for you and then for you to ignore it, for you to say I don't want that salvation is a waste of the pain he went through to redeem you. It was dangerous, it was a scary thing to go through. He was human just like us, he could feel pain yet he did it. It was dangerous for Boaz, it could have endangered his estate yet he did it. He did not care about himself. Jesus did not care about himself. Boaz did not care about himself. Jesus cared for us. Boaz cared for Ruth. I pray that God will touch your heart through this message and that he will bring you to the realization that you need salvation, that you need to become part of this covenanted community. Deborah Shinobi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you, Jesus, our family redeemer, our nearest kinsman, our redeemer. Thank you, thou who redeemed us from the hand of the nearer kinsman thou that came to our rescue thou that cherished us thou that took 100 percent interest in our lives you knew what our past was you knew that some of us were harlots you knew how we messed up our bodies you knew that some of us had moved from man to man you knew what our past entails yet you stepped out to deliver us to pay the price to bring us in to make us your very own thank you our ish our husband our redeemer our advocate thank you even as we near the end of this broadcast it is my prayer that every single listener we discover you afresh as their family kinsman. Father God, please do this, O God. You through whom every family on earth is named. Please, Lord, bring every woman who have not come to be part of your redeemed family. Bring them into this covenant of grace community, this redeemed household of yours. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to still join us on this broadcast. I trust the Lord has been speaking to your heart. And I'm hoping you are making decision 
to connect the Lord and to reconnect back to him and much more to discover Christ, your nearest kinsman. If you want to journey with us through a Bible class, just contact us and we will see what we can do to hang out with you. Amen. I want to welcome you again to this broadcast as we are about to round up this series, Our Nearest Kinsman. Last time we saw that our nearer kinsman is ours by birth. It is a nature we received by birth. It is not first what we do, but it is who we were who gave birth to us. We were born with the same nature, with the nature that enslaved us. And we saw last time that the nearer kinsman was willing to buy the land if it does not include taking responsibility over roots. Such is the life in the flesh. We are used by the sinful lifestyle and yet we are not helped. So let us go on today and look at our nearest kinsman, our Redeemer. Remember, you can visit our website oakofrighteousness.co.uk to listen to any episode that you have missed or to listen to this series as a whole or to send it to someone. And you can also download our app on Google Play. Search for Women in Revival app where you get our broadcast and every necessary resources that you might need. So let us go on today as we discover our nearest kinsman, our Redeemer. So I'm going to read the book of Ruth chapter 4, verses 7 to 10. And it says, Now, this was the manner in former time in Israel concerning redeeming and concerning changing. For to confirm all things, a man plucked off his shoe and gave it to his neighbor, and this was a testimony in Israel. Therefore the kinsman said unto Boaz, Buy it for thee. So he drew off his shoe, and Boaz said unto the elders, and unto all the people, Ye are witnesses this day, that I have bought all that was Elimelech's, and all that was Chilions and Malons, of the hand of Naomi. Moreover, Ruth the Moabites, the wife of Malon, have I purchased, wow, to be my wife, to raise up the name of the dead upon his inheritance, that the name of the dead be not cut off from among his brethren, and from the great gate of his praise, ye are witnesses this day. This is the word of God. And we say thanks be to God. I was quite excited going through this. Simboa says, I am not only acquiring the land. I am taking ownership over Ruth. I am buying her. I am purchasing her to be my wife. Wow. So let us see what can we take from here today. First in verse 7, we were told there is a manner. There was a manner in former time in Israel concerning the redeeming and changing. To do that, a man has to pluck off his shoe. And you will discover this in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 5 to 10. The man will draw his shoe and they spat into his face and all of those. 
So from here now, we want to see further the ground for our firm standing as covenant of grace community must be that our family kinsman, our nearest kinsman has redeemed us lawfully from the hand of the nearer kinsman. In Ruth 4, 7 to 10, like I said, there was a manner, there was a tradition set out for the lawful redeeming and changing. The nearer kinsman who was not willing to assume his role has to pluck his shoe, has to pluck off his shoe and give it to his neighbor who was willing to buy the land and take up the road. So this stands as a testimony. And in the case of Ruth, we saw the nearer kinsman who ought to buy Ruth back refused to do so. He was only concerned about his own gain. Therefore, he willingly plucked off his own shoe, saying, I relinquish my right and my authority over Ruth. I am giving you permission, Boaz, to buy Ruth back. So through this, what are we seeing? Boaz, who was a near kinsman, did not only become a nearer kinsman, but he became Ruth's nearest kinsman. In this public declaration, the nearer kinsman was subjected to public disgrace. In Deuteronomy 25 from verse 5 to 10, you will notice that this nearer kinsman would have been spat on he would have become he that had his shoe loose. That would be his name. And you know shoe connotes authority. It connotes right. But as we see that authority and right was stripped off this man, the nearer kinsman, willingly. Because he willingly let down his right. And I think this scenario points us back to Christ's redemptive work for us at calvary the nearer kinsman taking off issue is a foreshadowing of what christ will do for us of how christ will disarm principalities and power and making a vivid a public show of the same this that we see now in this route for points back to christ's redemptive work for us at Calvary. Our nearer kinsman, the human nature, the Adamic life was put to shame by Christ. Christ, our nearer kinsman, our elder brother, came gallantly and valiantly and boldly to negotiate your redemption, my redemption. The Bible says, if the rulers of this world knew they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. We find that in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 8. For it was in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus that the taking off of the hold of the shoe of the authority of the right of the human nature over your life was rendered useless. So it was at the cross that the stronghold of sin that the stronghold of that addiction was brought to an end. It was at the cross that your depression was dealt with by the Lord Jesus. That life that we were born with 
was publicly disgraced at Calvary. And you know, though Elimelech and his household journeyed to the forbidden land, just as many of us so-called Christians have journeyed into sin and seems to have no hope, but we are seeing here that in Naomi, one of the covenant of grace community, as she reconnected herself back to the land of covenant, that became the journey into the full redemption. So it's okay that you come to church, but coming to church must only connect you to the end, which is your family redeemer. Going to church is not an end in itself. It is only a means to an end. And as you listen to this broadcast, do you know your nearest kinsman, Jesus, came? He disarmed the enemy and paid for your redemption. He paid for your release. In Romans chapter 7, verse 24 and 25, we read, Brother Paul cried, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? 25. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So, Paul said, thank God, my deliverance came through Jesus Christ. Oh, wretched man, we were wretched. It doesn't matter how many sins you've committed, how many sins you haven't committed. We were born wretched. We were wrecked by sin. So Christ came. Paul said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, dominion over that addiction came. Through Jesus Christ, dominion over that lifestyle came. Through Jesus Christ, dominion over anything. You know, it encourages me when I hear testimonies of people who were living sinful lifestyle before. You hear stories of Women like Jack Hill Perry and Rosaria Butterfield, women who were in homosexual lifestyle before, and how the cross of Christ was shown them and they became delivered. They were set free. So, how did your deliverance from the old of your nearer kinsman that was yours by birth, how did it happen? Let us read Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 19. And it reads, And you being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, have it quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. You see, Boaz said, I have purchased Ruth to be my wife. Christ quickened you together with him. A union started with Christ at Calvary. Verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities, verse 15, I want us to read this carefully. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a shoe of them where openly 
triumphing over them in it. Christ made an open show of principalities and powers just as we saw of Boaz. He went to the city gate. The elders were there and the whole matter was resolved publicly. He received the right to buy back roots as a witness against the nearer kinsman. What Christ did at Calvary blotted out your lifestyle, blotted out your sin and your sinful lifestyle, blotted out every handwriting whatsoever you've done in the past. The blood of Jesus, the blood of his cross blotted them out. The stronghold of the natural life, of the sinful life, of the life of that nearer kinsman, which is yours by birth, ended at the cross. Christ made an open show of the same. Just as we saw of the nearer kinsman, as he relinquished his right over root, so also did the power of hell lose their power over your life at Calvary. Christ, our nearest kinsman, for through him we were made, and he also upholds our existence. Christ is the firstborn of all creation. He is our elder brother. He is our nearest kinsman. Just as Boaz stood for Ruth's redemption, Christ stood for your redemption also. Not minding the risk, he willingly took the risk for you. What did Christ do for you? He redeemed you from sin and sin nature. He redeemed you when he bought you. He did not only buy your land, he bought everything that your life entered. Your addiction was carried to the cross. Your depression was carried to the cross. Your sinful lifestyles were carried to the cross. He redeemed you from eternal death and the fear of death. And as you continue to remain in him, he will remove you from this sinful world. Christ is your nearest kinsman. And today he sits as your advocate, as your representative in heaven. He is your high priest. He is your redeemer who made a once and for all atonement for your redemption. The book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 24 to 28 says, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with ants, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. He appeared for you. 25. Not yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now, once in the end of the world, had he prepared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, 
But after this, the judgment 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Christ became that high priest. He entered into heaven on your behalf. Through his death at Calvary, he carried your sin nature. All that is needed for you now is to accept what Christ did for you at Calvary. Your addiction was sorted out at Calvary. It is appointed to man to die once. So also Christ entered once and for all. Unlike the high priest that keep going back with the blood of bulls and gold, Christ did it for you once and for all. Without Christ, your nearest kinsman, there can be no covenant of grace community. It became the grace of God to us who were once wanderers, just like Elimelech and his family, just like Adam and Eve that wandered away from God's law, from God's commandment, and wandered into sin, into death. But through Christ Jesus, we became reconciled and are now given a new name in him, the redeemed of the nearest kinsman. Wow, what a joy. I feel like finishing this broadcast today as I sing a song that I've loved to sing. It is finished. It is finished. Oh, it is finished. It is finished. It is finished. It is finished. My master said there on the cross of Calvary. His death on the cross finished it all. It is finished. The devil was finished on the cross. The power of sin was finished there. There on the cross of Calvary, it is finished. The nature of sin was finished there. The power of sin was finished there there on the cross of calvary it is finished and end came to the flesh and it's lost my members shall now yield to christ the self-life has no right in me, it is finished. Beloved, Christ finished it all for you. Christ finished it all for you at Calvary. The power of sin, the power of addiction, the power of sorrow finished at the cross. 
he himself became the man of sorrow. The power of death, the fear of death, finished at Calvary. Will you embrace what your nearest kinsman did for you at the cross? It disarmed principalities. It disarmed powers and made an open show of them just as Boaz demanded the nearest kinsman to give him the right to buy back roots. And the nearest kinsman took off his shoe. So also the devil took off his power over you. Maybe for you, you have been having nightmares, terrible dreams. Christ says, I paid it all. I suffered for you. I disarmed. I took off the shoe of the dominion of darkness over your life at Golgotha. The devil has no power over you anymore. The sinful lifestyle has no power over you anymore. Will you embrace this your nearest kinsman? Amen. This is Women in Revival podcast. One week ago, we started a series called Our Nearest Kinsman. Our topic for today is Redeemed to Bear Fruit for the Nearest Kinsman. Today, we will see how, after Boaz had redeemed Ruth, she now bore a son. Boaz did not just redeem her and then it was fruitless. No, she bore a son. Imagine if she hadn't bore a son. Imagine if she hadn't given birth to a son. Then all Boaz would have done would have been fruitless. It would have been a waste of time, of money, of effort, of everything. But thank God she bore that son. And his name was Obed, which means a servant. Sisters, Jesus Christ redeemed us on that cross. Maybe you have accepted that salvation long ago or through the course of this series. But today, I want to talk to you not about accepting this salvation, but about allowing that salvation to become a reality in your life. You must bear fruit. Just as it would have been a calamity if Ruth had not borne a son, so also it will be a calamity if we reach heaven and there is nothing we can give in return to Jesus. He wants us to bear fruit for him. Bearing fruit means going out into the wider world and telling other people of the nearest kinsman. Telling them that there is someone who cares about their every need. That there is someone who cares about all they do. That there is someone who wants to help them. Who wants to take the human nature away from them. If only they will allow him. I pray that you will indeed be bearers of fruit. 
that you will not be barren. Deborah Shinbi will now take us further on this subject. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, our advocate, our high priest, our redeemer, our nearest kinsman. Before the throne of God above, we now have our very own, our representative. He who came to identify with us, to deliver us from the stronghold of our nearer kinsman that was ours by birth. Thank you, Jesus, for the travail of Calvary. Thank you for the victory that you wrought for us at Golgotha. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I am so, so excited as we come to the end of this series. Our nearest kinsman. We have a nearest kinsman. Over 2,000 years ago, he came. He was born as a baby. Through him, all things were made. There was nothing that was made that wasn't made by him. He came from heaven to come and rescue us from the tyranny of our nearer kinsman, even the human nature. He came just as Titus chapter 2 verse 14 says, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity. That is our nearer kinsman. Our nearer kinsman is iniquity. And purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. That is what Christ came to do for you and for me. And it is my prayer that you will go into the bank of heaven and cash what Christ did for you at Calvary. Many of you, you may be rich in substance, in material, but if you have no Christ, oh, what a life of poverty. So you need to go to claim the redemption that Christ had already wrought for you by his death on Calvary tree. Last time we saw Christ, our nearer kinsman, how he disarmed principalities and power, how he brought an end to the human nature through his death at Calvary. Just as that nearer kinsman in Ruth chapter 4 stepped down, took off his shoe and gave it out, so also the human nature, the iniquity life, was stripped naked, was made powerless at Calvary. So today, I want us to go on, but remember you can go back to our website to catch up on any of the episodes that you have missed. And you can listen to other series. Our website is oakofrighteousness.co.uk And you can also listen to us on our app, Download Women in Reviver on Google Play. And also, you can listen to us on Podbean, Search for Women in Reviver on Podbean or other podcast platform. Amen. We have come to the end of this series, Our Nearest Kinsman, and it is my prayer that it will continue to be your nearest 
kinsman that your experience of him will not only be limited to this series alone amen so today having seen how our nearest kinsman redeemed us from the hand of the nearer kinsman let us see what heaven's expectation is now so we are considering redeemed to bear fruit unto the nearest kinsman no woman in that covenant of grace community should be barren so let us go and read the book of fruit chapter 4 verse 13 and it says so boaz took root and she was his wife and when he went in unto her the lord gave her conception and she bare a son amen boaz took root christ took you christ took you margaret christ took you as his wife and now he wants you to bear fruit for him through the death of christ at the cross according to romans chapter 7 between verse 1 and 4 we are told that a woman is bound to her husband as long as the husband is alive marriage is bounding till death do us part your old life your natural life the nearer kinsman that was yours by birth ended at the cross the life collected from the garden of Eden, the life adam and eve delivered to all humanity ended at the cross of calvary but it is only those who walked to heaven and collect that redemption which christ had already purchased will experience the freedom from the life in the flesh so through deaths through christ's death at calvary your marriage your union with the life in the flesh ended and through christ's resurrection you are now married to him so then while christ died your marriage to the old life ended and now you are married to the lord jesus so we saw how boaz took root as his legal wife since the nearer kinsman has publicly removed his shoes so also we saw that christ's death at calvary caused our nearer kinsman who was ours by birth to end his tyranny over our lives and we became befrauded to jesus christ and since that happened what is the implication and maybe you are going through you say i don't fully understand what has been said throughout this broadcast if you have followed us thus far you remember we saw how elimelech and his household journeyed to moab because there was famine and how elimelech and his two sons died in moab and how ruth heard that there was food in bethlehem and we said in the beginning in the garden of eden man also disobeyed god because of what to eat and he ate the fruit god say don't eat and through that death came and then we said that for naomi 
she heard that there was bread again and Naomi returned. And we said the fall of man in the garden of Eden was not the end of man. God made another way out. But it is only those who hear and arise that will make use of what God provided for their deliverance. So we saw the Nyara kinsman that was ours by birth, the human nature that will not let us prosper. We saw it in the person of the Nyara kinsman in the book of Ruth, who wanted the land but not Ruth. And then we saw our nearest kinsman, how Christ became our nearest kinsman as he purchased us through his death at Calvary. So what you need to do now is to acknowledge that you have wandered away from God. Is to acknowledge that you have journeyed to the Moab of this world. Is to acknowledge that you have been living in sin and that you want Jesus to have his full dominion over your life. Is to confess him now as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you are listening to us. You are saying, how do I do that? All you need to say is, Lord Jesus, I am sorry for the sin that I committed in Adam. I am sorry for the sin nature that was mine that has caused me to break your heart over and over again. I commit myself to you today. I am sorry for my addiction, for the way I have treated you. And I am accepting you today to be the Lord, not just by my lips, but in life. To be the Lord of my life. You are my nearest kinsman, my redeemer. I relinquish the right of my life to you. Take over Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have done so, then Christ is now your redeemer indeed. You have claimed him. So he is now expecting you to bear fruit. It is not enough to say, well, I went to a crusade and I gave my life. God wants you to bring forth fruit. And do feel free to contact us. Share your stories with us. Share what the Lord started in your life with us. Connect with us. Let us see how we can help you further in this your newfound life. It is a new life. So the implication of giving your heart to the Lord Jesus today is this. In the covenant of grace community, none must be fruitless. None must be barren. The redeemed of the Lord is now to bear fruit for he who redeemed us. Remember once you bore fruit for the old life. You bore fruit for the nearer kinsman. You used to lie. You used to steal. You take things that were not yours from your office. You claim tax returns that were not yours. You claim benefits that were not yours. You spend church fund that was not yours. So you bore fruit to the natural life. And the same thing God is saying now. You now need to begin to bear fruit for your nearest kinsman. Sin, the sin life, forces us to serve him honestly. Sin forces us to work for him. Hence the reason why you are a slave. 
but now you will now willingly serve Christ Jesus without any constraint. If you have been redeemed, it is time to begin to bear fruit. It is time to begin to hang out with Christ in his word and in prayer. If you want to understand how to have a proper prayer and study life, contact us and we will see how to put you through. So you now need to begin to bear fruit. What are these fruits? The fruit of the Spirit. The book of Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 to 25 listed for us the various fruits of the Spirit. Christ wants you to bear fruit now. The book of Galatians 5 22 to 23 listed for us fruit that your life needs to be bearing now as the redeemed of the nearest kinsman. Galatians chapter 6 verses 1 to 3 also talks about bearing one another's burden, bearing the burden of your children, bearing the burden of your husband, bearing the burden of your pastor in your local church rather than gossiping about them. That is part of the fruit God is expecting you to bring forth. Bearing the burden of the Lord concerning the nations in the place of prayer. Bear one another's burden. Also, the book of Second Peter chapter 1 between verse 3 and 10 talks of various fruits that your life needs to bring forth. It spokes of virtue, faith, diligence, knowledge, temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity. These are what you need to grow the bible says if you are bearing fruit in this area if these things be in you says you will not be barren nor be unfruitful in the knowledge of our lord jesus so it is time to bear fruit don't be a barren christian don't be christian that carry big bible but with no life to back it up root brought forth obed who became the father of jesse and the father of David. Ruth found herself in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ is still seeking for women whom he can walk through in their own matrimony, in their place of work, in their community, and in their individual nations. Jesus himself said in John chapter 15 verse 16 that ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. God, Christ wants you to bear fruit. He chose you. Your nearer kinsman did not choose you. He only wanted to use you. The devil uses and dump you. He forces you to serve him. Whether you want to drink alcohol or not. Whether you want to take fag or not. Whether you want to gossip or not. Whether you want to go into extramarital relationship or not. He forces you to do it. You are his by right. But Christ says now I chose you. I loved you. And I gave my life for you. So you in turn now. You need to begin to bear fruit so that 
everyone can see indeed that you no longer belong to that nearer kinsman, but now you belong to the nearest kinsman. In Isaiah chapter 53 verse 8, I love that scripture. It says, He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Woman, you need to arise from this series to go forth and declare the generation of the Lord Jesus. Ruth brought forth child for Obed. Go forth also. Share this good news with your loved ones. Call women to gather around to listen to this series together. Send it to women. Tell them, let's chat up regarding this. Go forth to declare the generation of he who redeemed you from the power of sin, from the power of darkness, from the power of addiction. Though he was cut off out of the land of the living for your transgression. That's why Second Corinthians 5 verse 15 says that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again so go forth and let him live in you as you live for him christ wants you to bear fruit for him go forth as a redeemed woman who has been redeemed by our nearest kinsman Go forth and bear fruit of love, bear fruit of the Spirit, bear love, bear patience, bear self-control and the many fruits of the Spirit. For he who loved you and purchased you by his very life, go forth and declare his generation. Amen.